Welcome back to Take It to Court podcast. I am your host, Natasha Scruggs. Today, we're going to talk all about what's going on in the WNBA and also in the legal world. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe and like and share all videos or audio. Okay, so I'm your host, attorney Natasha Scruggs. I am an attorney. I'm a prison abolitionist and an anti-racist attorney. Uh, I really like to focus on different cases that go on. So the case of the week is Mr. Ronnie O'Neill. So I don't know if y'all seen it. I mean, it's viral. It's everywhere. You probably saw it. But there's a, a man, he's 32 years old, and he's representing himself. So he's pro se. That's what pro se means. And his video is going viral because he did an opening statement where he was, like, yelling. He was, he was like, really passionate, and, and some people felt like he was mad. So uh, what his, his gist was, he felt like the police planted evidence and they didn't do what they were supposed to do so this kind of went viral because everybody was it was a lot of jokes some people were mad because it's a double murder case it's also like it's a whole bunch of other you know charges and uh even today he had to cross-examine a kid that's accusing him of attempted murder so it's it's it's, it's bizarre i'm not gonna lie um so one interesting thing about it is he has three attorneys that he can consult with. So he has three attorneys sitting next to him the whole time of the trial when he's preparing for his trial. And he can ask them any legal question that he wants. And if he ever wants between now and the end of the trial, he can tell them, hey, y'all take it over. I'm going to fall back. I want to know, what do y'all think about this? Do you think that pro se litigants, uh, <laughs> pro se people should represent themselves? Uh, do you think that it's smart for him to represent himself? Or do you think that it's stupid for him to represent himself? People ask me, my opinion is, I would never recommend that somebody represents themselves because it's so many different things that go into a trial and you're not going to be able to be objective. And what your attorney does is we analyze the situation and we make cold calls, tough calls throughout the whole trial. So if it's you on the line, I don't know, it, just me personally, I need somebody to represent me because I don't want to have to do that. It's hard for me to separate that. Now, do I think that he had a bad opening statement? No, I don't think he did bad. Do I think it was the best? No, but it wasn't the worst. You know what I'm saying? So I will say it's right in the middle. Um, so like, ha like I said, most people were making jokes. They were like, oh, he saw one Johnny Cochran show. He, he put on the suit. And now he thinks he's, and it's like, okay, you know, it's, it, it's listen, it's, it's the internet. I'm not going to argue with anybody on the internet. Everybody had their own opinion. Some people were like, I'm so sad that everybody's being mean to him. You know, he's just trying to, you know, help himself. Uh, some people said, hey, maybe he feels like he's, he's been hurt so many times by the legal profession that he doesn't necessarily trust it. So it's so many different, you know, avenues. Like, I don't want to get into the ins and outs of the case. But I do think that this is the case of the week. I think that everybody's watching it. It's live and uh, it's been on every news channel. So just keep an eye out for that. All right, let's switch on over to the WNBA. So the teams that I think are to watch right now is Washington and Connecticut. Um, everybody knows my favorite team is the Phoenix Mercury. However, my team has had, now we're on a four game losing streak because last night, uh, we played the LA Sparks and we lost. Now, of course, these games are all close. I always talk about that. The talent on both sides of the court is very, very 
excellent. Like it's it's high level talent. So it's not like people are getting blown out. These are close games. However, you know, when you get on that losing streak, I feel like you can kind of start mm, losing momentum. So I feel like they always start the games with a lot of momentum. And I feel like we need to finish the games. Uh, one thing I would say is I definitely know we need to give Brittany Griner more touches. Like Brittany Griner should be getting the ball way more than I think she is. Now, my girl, Skylar Diggins, she had a double-double. She was balling out of control, as usual. Um, speaking of Skylar, <laughs> there was a lot of drama that was besides basketball. That was, well, I mean, it had something to do with basketball, but there was WNBA beef on Twitter this week. So what happened was Skylar lost. It was one of the other games that they lost, and she, like, crossed over somebody and scored. So the WNBA or ESPN, somebody, I can't remember, somebody reposted that crossover. And so somebody else on that team was saying, hey, um, I think it's Liberty. I'm pretty sure it's New York Liberty. They was like, hey, um, you, why are y'all playing this? Why aren't y'all playing Laney? Because, you know, Laney bought out that game. And so Skylar responded and said, hey, you need to talk to your organization. Don't tell them, don't tell people not to post me you know, talk to your organization about posting Laney because there has been some talk about uh, WNBA media or sports media not playing as many uh, of the black players' highlights. And she's saying, hey, it's not my fault that your organization is not playing you guys. So, you know, you need to talk to them. So this kind of went everywhere. And then some people were, some some Liberty fans were mad and they were like, hey, well, Skylar, you're just mad because you got dropped by Nike. So then Skylar clapped back and was like, I didn't get dropped by Nike. The price just went up. So it, it was kind of crazy. So that night, the WNBA was trending, and some of the players took to Twitter and Instagram, and they were like, hey, it's cool that y'all are, you know, excited about this quote-unquote beef. It's not a real beef. It's just, like, banter between, you know, players. But she was like, hey, or some of them were like, hey, you know, we would like this type of hype about our games. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I want more light to be shed on the, the WNBA now, the WNBA history, and, and what's to come. And I think that um, if we, as a collective, and people who are interested start talking about these games and talking about what's going on, then more people would be involved. There will be more money, and these players could get paid more. That's just, like, the way I see it. So it was cute, you know, I was into it, but I agree with them. I'm like, hey, you know, let's let's not just talk about the drama. Let's not just talk about, you know, people getting into it. Let's actually talk about these games. So just throwing that out there that Skylar's been balling. She's been getting a lot of attention. Also, Skylar, she's one of the ones that when she came into the game, she was really on that self-branding tip. Like she started she started really taking her brand into her own hands. And because of that, she does have a lot of popularity. Uh, I think people talk about her in like rap songs, like she's very popular. So some people might feel like, hey, Skylar's popular and y'all are playing the popular girl. I don't think that's the case, but maybe that's what people think. So, but I just know that Skylar, she's from Indiana. Um, she's a very good player. She's, she's dominant. And I, I think she I think she deserves to get a lot of the, you know, the the looks that she gets, a lot of the the replays that she gets. I also think, like I said last episode, that she deserves to get her own signature shoe. 
right now she has a deal with Puma, but she doesn't have a signature shoe. So uh, the LA Sparks, they took that. They took that. I think that was a good game. What I think the game of the week was um, Candace Parker came back. So Candace, like I said, the last episode, Candace was out. Candace and Diana Taurasi were both out. Those are the people I talked about last time. Now Candace got the got the green light, and so she came back in and played. Um, they took the W that game, and uh, one of the highlights were was Kalia Cooper. Now I saw Kalia Cooper play in person. Candace Parker was out, but when I went to the game on June first, uh, Kalia Cooper was balling. She she attacks the rim. I call her Kalia attack the rim Cooper because she goes crazy like. She doesn't care if it's four people sitting in the lane. She's going to go, and she's going to go, and she, and she finishes very strong. Uh, so at that game, it was nice to see Candace being back and her getting those assists with Kalia. And it was it was just nice to see the, the communication because they were doing bounce passes and, you know, chest passes, whatever the case may be. I think that that was a really great game. For Candace to come back and for them to get the W, it's like, you know what? We were really missing Candace. And I think that's what's going on with my Mercury. Uh, they're still trying to figure out everything that's going on with Diana Taurasi. Um, she's supposed to be out at least two more weeks. And because they don't have her, I feel like they're still trying to figure out their footing. And that's why we've lost the last four games. Uh, hopefully, I think we play again on either Friday or Saturday. Let me double check. Um... No, when do they play? Oh, they must play next week then. I thought that they were playing this weekend, so no. So hopefully, you know, Diana comes back by the end of this month, and when she comes back, it's going to give her team that much-needed fuel that they need to go to the next level. Um, so now let's talk about the All-Star game. So the All-Star game is in Vegas. I know that... Vegas is a is big for many reasons. It's big for fighters. <laughs> I know you know about that. <laughs> um, where was that? Where was that Floyd Mayweather fight at? Was that in? No, that was in Miami. Okay. Um, I just know Vegas is big big for fights because of Floyd. But uh, <laughs> but now Vegas is going to be the home of the All Star Game. So with this. I think it's something else going on that weekend too. But so they're they're giving the fans the opportunity to vote for who's going to be in the game. So of course I went on there and I exercised my right to vote and I voted for my top 10 players. Uh Candace Parker is one. Uh Tina Charles, I talked about her last time. She's been dominating. I definitely think she deserves a signature shoe. I think she deserves to get paid more, all of that. She's a center. I'm a big man in the in the paint. So I love seeing it. Love to see it. Another big man, Liz Cambridge, Elizabeth. Uh, she's really tall. I forgot how tall she is, but she she's she's very strong. So she can do she can do just regular post moves, and then she can also kind of go this way and do like a hook shot. Like she's just really good all the way around. Brittany Griner, of course. You know she's been she's like I said. I want her to get more touches. If she gets more touches, one thing I would say with Brittany is that I want her to post up more. I don't know, you know, she's, she could shoot, she could do all these things, but I want her to sit and I want them to give her the ball. Skylar Diggins, I put her on there. We just talked about it. Uh, Lainey, she's one of my favorite players this whole season. She should definitely uh, make it. 
John Quayle Jones, Kalia Cooper, like I just said, Courtney Williams, and Asia Wilson. So those are my top 10. Make sure you go and vote. Um, if you And if you need to see like highlights, if you go to the WNBA website and then you get the league pass, they'll show you highlights on all the players. They have all the stats and everything. So make sure you check. Again, this is this is like WNBA for beginners. And, you know, I have been doing all of this extra work to try to make sure that I learn the game, learn the players, and learn uh, the playing field as much as possible. So I've been playing 2K, trying to learn. I've been doing fantasy. Well, I'm, I'm just, I haven't actually participated in fantasy, but I've been researching fantasy, and I'm going to participate in WNBA fantasy. I want to learn everything there is to know about all my faves. So, when it comes to the All-Star game, I'm thinking about going. It is, I think it's like, no, it's July 14th. So, I'll let y'all know by, like, the beginning of July if I'm going to go. If I do go, then I need to talk to y'all to see (laughs) what should we do about that. Um, I do have some connections and hopefully get some interviews and stuff like that. I'm super excited, though. I love seeing it in person. Um, So let's talk about this weekend. This weekend, we got a few games. We got Chicago versus Connecticut. I think Connecticut is going to have an edge. They're doing, they're playing very well this year. I mean, they only lost three games so far. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. They're probably the top team in the league. (laughs) I I hate to say it, but (laughs) they probably are. Um, Then we got Indiana versus the Mystics. I think the Mystics got the edge. Then we got Minnesota versus Dallas. Uh, That's anybody's game. Let's talk a little bit about the Dallas Wings, though. So, two weeks ago, the Dallas Wings posted a tweet that said, we have Block for the Blue. So, they had this uh, campaign called Block for the Blue, where they were talking about every time one of our players blocks, we're going to donate some money to the police department. And then they they posted it, and then they deleted it. And everybody was confused because they were like, well, why are y'all funding the police department when you have people on your team that are saying that, you know, we're trying to defund the police or you have people that are, you know, talking about black lives. So it was a little bit contradictory, but like I said, they posted it, they deleted it. Yesterday I saw uh, people being asked that question. Um, One of the rookies, the first round draft pick, they asked her, uh, they asked the new coach. It was a new black woman coach. She just, she she was just uh, put as a coach. I think it was December 2020. And they asked both of them, and they didn't really have an answer because they were like, hey, we don't even know what happened. We just know our organization posted something. They deleted it. Somebody in the organization contacted us. They told us what happened. They didn't really give us any insight. I'm not sure who is running Dallas Wings social media because last night, they posted something that said, hey, on June 19th, we're celebrating African-American Heritage Month or African-American Heritage Week. And everybody, and then they deleted that. So everybody was like, what are you talking about? That's not African-American Heritage Month or African-American Heritage Week. That's um, Juneteenth. And so we were like confused again so I'm like I don't know if this is on purpose I don't know what's going on I don't like to accuse people but it's it's very weird Juneteenth is a holiday first of all they're in Dallas and Juneteenth originated in Texas so it's very weird that they wouldn't even have the information about Juneteenth when that's exactly the state that it originated in it 
it occurred after abolitionists fought to, to end slavery. And basically that was the day that people were told in Texas that they were free. So this is after the civil war, but they just didn't get the information. Um, so, okay. So it was actually a sponsored, it was a sponsored post on their Instagram and it said African-American heritage night, Saturday, June 19th, single game ticket. So, and I, and I ended up posting something about Juneteenth today because I, Juneteenth, uh, this week became a federal holiday. A lot of people have a lot of feelings about it. I let everybody have their feelings, and I just said something today, and I was like, Juneteenth is an abolitionist holiday. It's not about making sales or random parties. And I discussed, I talked about that because I've been saying I was an abolitionist for like the last six years, and every time I say it, even back then, people would look at me and they would like cringe or they were like confused. And I'm like, abolitionists are not new. And I was talking about how um, people think that slavery abolitionists kind of came out in the 1850s and 60s. I was like, no, we've been abolitionists of slavery since its inception. But I was talking about the documentation of abolition was not there. So we were orators. So we spoke and that's how we communicated. So abolitionists were orators and they, they spread the message orally. And I was even talking about Dred Scott, how when Dred Scott came to St. Louis, my hometown, the enslaved people there told him, hey, you know you're free, you know you can sue. And that's the only reason why he got the information. And I was talking about the Underground Railroad. It was oral communication. So I'm saying all that to say, abolitionists didn't start in the 1850s or 1860s. We've been here. And abolitionists didn't end in 1865, we're still here. So it's it, we're still fighting the same fight. And that is what Juneteenth is about. It's about freedom. It's about emancipation. And I think that when people try to water it down by making it about selling tickets and and, and random stuff like that, it's, it's weird. It's uh, weird is a really nice thing to say. I, I have some <laughs> worse things, but I don't like it. I think that Dallas, the Dallas Wings, need to fire whoever I'm and I'm, I don't care who it is whoever is in charge of their social media that's been getting them all of this crazy bad press they need to fire them and they need to hire somebody who is socially competent who is racially literate and understands how to communicate certain messages to the audience your league is 85% black women um the people that follow you and watch you are black people Traditionally, WNBA players have been in the forefront of social justice. And so it's just, it's unacceptable for this type of stuff to be happening. Um, I am a social justice advisor for pro athletes. And, you know, if they wanted to call me, you can call me if you need some help. <laughs> they probably don't want to because of this <laughs> podcast, but I'm just saying you need some help. You need somebody who's an expert in this, in this field to give you a little direction because what's going on right now should not be going on. So that's just what I have to say about the Dallas Wings because they are playing on Saturday. Um, Sunday, the Liberty is playing Los Angeles. I think New York got it. New York definitely got it <laughs> over them. Um, this week, like I said, Washington, I think Washington probably is the best team in the league right now and then Connecticut. This week, Tina Charles, she did very well. I think she was named like one of the four players of the week. Um, she averaged 22 points a game this week, 8.3 rebounds. She's the Eastern, uh, yeah, she's the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, which is a big deal. 
Um, and then we're going to get ready for the games next week. Tuesday, we got Dallas versus Connecticut, Chicago versus New York, Washington versus Seattle. And then Friday, actually today. So you're not going to get this right now, but when, by the time this comes out, my Mercury will have played uh, the Sparks again. So that's what they've been doing. Basically, what they'll do is they'll play the same team like twice or three times, and they'll just have like a whole bunch of rematches. So we lost the game before. So hopefully Friday, June, June 18th, uh, we win against the Sparks. Uh, so now I wanted to switch over again. Let's talk about WNBA pay. I talked about this a little bit last time, but some new stuff has came out. So this week, two rookies announced that they signed with overseas teams. And a lot of people were confused. So some people were writing them like, what? Are y'all not playing in WNBA anymore? What's going on? And they were like, no, we're still playing in WNBA, but we we had to sign for offseason. And a lot of people were confused because they're used to big contracts. Like the number one draft pick had to sign with Spain. And they're like, why is she signing with Spain? Because the number one draft pick in the NBA doesn't have to play overseas for, for the offseason. They can just focus on the game and they can focus on recovery. The WNBA, however, does not have that luxury because their pay is not equal. They do not get paid enough. Uh, so me, as a somebody who talks about equality, talks about equity, equal rights, it's very bothersome to me to see that these players, they work hard, they, they, they train, they're professionals. They don't get paid enough to have an offseason. And this can be really hard on your body because you're pushing your body to the limit. You don't have recovery. So you're supposed to, you're supposed to work hard, you're supposed to lift weights, and you're supposed to recover. They're not really having that recovery piece. And I think those overseas leagues, they last like the whole time, like six to eight months. So basically, after the finals of the WNBA, they're going to immediately go out of town. And think about it. Think about how hard that has to be on rookies or even on vets. Uh, Think about families. Think about having children. These are women we're talking about. Think about their kids being in school. Like, I think it's a crisis that these women aren't getting paid enough, and I think that more people should invest in the WNBA. Like I said last time, um, it's no reason for them to not have the money to at least be able to sustain and not have to get a second job. That's what they're doing. They're getting a second job. And I want people to be real about that. Even me, people talk about me. They're like, oh, you're such a hustler. You're always hustling. I can't speak because I was like, when I become a mother, I want to be off for three years. I'm talking about at home. And they're like, well, I can't see you doing that. You always hustle. I'm like, I'm not hustling just to hustle. Um, once I get a certain level, I'm not going to be doing this. I'm doing this out of, I'm, I'm afraid of poverty. <laughs> I don't want to be broke. And I want to build a legacy. And I want to be able to have kids. And I don't want to have kids until I can financially take care of them well not bare minimum, not scraping by, not paycheck to paycheck. That's why I do so many things because I want wealth. That's what I want for my kids and my life. So although it may look like, oh, the WNBA players, they just hustle. They love to hustle. Actually, no, they have to hustle in order to earn an income and to sustain a lifestyle for themselves, their families, and their children. So listen, 
the WNBA was founded by the NBA, I think it's absolutely no reason for them to not earn a livable wage. These women are earning 100K to 150K. People are making more money than them doing all types of stuff. And it's not fair. Yes, some of them get endorsement deals. However, these endorsement deals are not as much. Just like Skylar Dickens said, she had to leave Nike because her price went up and they didn't want to pay her. The bottom line is these corporations don't think that these women deserve money. They don't think these women are bankable. So they there's a thing called bankable. Like if we put money into you, we're going to get that money back times 10. Let's think about it in acting. Um, at one point, Will Smith was one of the most bankable uh, actors ever. So that means that if they put money into him, he's going to sell out. He's going to give them their money back tenfold. Right now, they're saying that these women are not bankable, which is not true. They don't know how to market these women. They don't have diversity. They don't have inclusion. Just like we see in Dallas Wings. The Dallas Wings, who is going to want to support them if they're not in Dallas, if they're doing all of this BS? They don't know how to market a team. Market a team of women. Market these women um, with shoes. Like I said, the Cheryl Swoops, the Air Swoops, uh, you know, why is it that 25 years after the first, this is the 25th year that we're talking about, they haven't figured out how to how to market these girls and sell? I mean, it's basic to me. So I think they should all get more money all around. And that's the last thing I'm going to leave y'all with. Comment below if you agree with me on this. If you agree that if people put money into the team and people put money into these players, that they would get it back if they market it correctly. Because this is my thing. If you have a business that's failing, because technically the WNBA is failing. They said that they earn about $60 million per year. They spend about $70 million per year. That means that they don't earn, they don't have a profit. If you have a model that's not profitable, don't you think that you should change that model? Like, don't you think that you should make some 